That's a growler. Welcome to Beauty and the Beastly Minute, the podcast where we break down and analyze the 1991 Disney film Beauty and the Beast, one minute at a time. I'm Bobby. I'm Janae. And we are your hosts for Beauty and the Beastly Minute. Today, we are starting minute two. So right here, still at the very beginning, and it starts with the end of the word way, well, the end of the word away. So we get way as away finishes in the transformation of the... Uh, what is she? The hag? The enchantress, I guess? Yes. And it ends... Yes to both. <laughs> the minute ends <laughs> with the narrator saying, as the years passed away, he... F- so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you have for this minute, Janae? Oh, gosh. Okay, well, I mean, first of all, there's a discussion on the reason for the curse. I mean, why did she curse him? I mean, it's obvious. Says it flat out. There was no love in his heart. But, I mean, that's such a simple explanation for something so drastic, I feel like. Don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's, and that's definitely something I had in my notes. Is okay, this is a pretty harsh punishment. Right. Because I, I don't know if it says that here at the beginning, but in this minute, you know, it says that she punishes every, him and everyone in the castle. Right. So it's, I mean, that's, that's pretty steep. And it's all, it's all weighted on him. Like if he doesn't do his part, then they're all stuck as, yeah, as clocks and objects for the rest of their lives, which as an inanimate object that's animated, how long is your lifespan? Like, is that forever till you break physically or do you die like at your normal? human person death and just become like a dead clock i don't know but it's it's pretty drastic punishment we kind of talked about this a little bit yesterday but does he deserve it does he not it's kind of hard to say it is hard to say especially without i mean more information and uh, i don't know i don't feel like i could say one way or the other but i mean knowing that it's a fairy tale it's based on a fairy tale and which i i've read There's like two main versions. I haven't read the oldest one because I haven't gotten my hands on it. But um, the one that I have read starts out, you don't know that much about Beast or why he's transformed. So, I mean, at least they give some explanation for why he is the way he is. And I don't know, maybe this would be a good time to talk about where the fairy tale comes from and is kind of based like in the real world. Should we talk about that now? Yeah, yeah, let's go ahead and dig in and well this is his transformation. So yeah, that's a good time to a good time to talk about it. Okay, so um from what I understand, it could be based. They don't know. It could be based on the real life situation of a guy whose name I can't remember. Um, who has a genetic condition, which there are still people today who have this genetic condition where you are basically covered with hair. Hair grows everywhere, like on your face, all over your body. And there was one man who had this who was brought to the king of France. He had someone give him a gift of this beast man who was covered in hair. Well, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> and it was basically this little boy who was just covered in hair. And he and his wife, Catherine, I remember her name. With the... The Harry person's wife or the king's wife? No, the king's wife was Catherine. Okay. But actually, the Harry guy's wife was also named Catherine. But basically what happened was he was a child and he was captured and he was brought as a gift to the king. And they decided that he was tame enough that the king was very fascinated by education. And he wanted to see, can we educate this beast man? And so they did. 
they educated him. He was very gentle and studious, and he learned and he became a part of the French court. He was an attraction, so, I mean, he was an oddity still, but he was able to live a fairly decent life compared to what would have happened if he had been a little bit more crazy, I guess, in the beginning. I don't know, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess I I was kind of thinking that's that's kind of cruel for them to like bring him and be like, hey, look at our freak guy over here that we turned into someone that's somewhat civilized. But on the other side of that, you know, back then, I'm guessing this was, you know, a while back, if you had, you know, some kind of uh, disorder or disformity deformity that people didn't understand yeah that people didn't yeah. understand he probably would have been killed at some point for being a beast or a monster or a freak um which we kind of get into a little bit later yeah. um in the in the movie um so it i guess it could have been kind of like a a uh, a mercy on the part of the king to right. be like hey this guy probably isn't gonna last out there let me see if we can reform him and turn him into an attraction instead right right and i mean and they were successful he learned and gained an education and the i think it might have been after the king died i don't know but the queen decided queen catherine decided that she wanted to marry him to somebody and so she went on the hunt and she chose a wife for him and the girl who she ended up choosing was a renowned beauty uh-huh. and she wasn't really told what her husband was going to look like or who he was or anything but the queen was like okay i want you to marry this guy and so she did she was rather appalled at first i believe but from what i read they ended up having a happy life together and they had i think five to seven children Wow. And um, it was kind of sad, though, because I think two or three of their kids were born with the same condition that he had of, like, the hair growing everywhere. And they took those children away and sent them as gifts to other people, which is <laughs> so awful. <laughs> wow. Um. So that happened. And after I think that (laughs) happened, they decided that they were going to go live on their own. And so they retreated to, I feel like they might have gone to Italy. I can't remember. They went somewhere else where they could live alone as a family privately, unfortunately, without those kids. Isn't that awful? That's Um, pretty bad. Which I kind uh... of wonder, I feel like I might have read that also that might have been part of the reason why they were so interested in marrying him to somebody because they wanted to see if they could produce more people like him. Wow. Crazy, right? Ah, genetic experimentation in the medieval (laughs) period. Right? Right? Uh, it's crazy. So, sad but true story of the possible inspiration for the original fairy tale of Beauty and the Beast. So, does does the original fairy tale that like we kind of are more familiar with, does that come from France? Did you did you find anything out about yes, that? Yes, yes, it comes from France. Okay. It's written by a French woman. And I think actually both of the versions, the original version and the revised version, quote unquote revised version, came uh, not shortly after that, were both written by French women. I need to do some more research about those. I wish I had done more. I will do some more about that. Because, I mean, most of the original fairy tales that Disney movies are based on have rather dark aspects and dark tales. And when you read the originals, I mean, definitely this tale as well has been Disneyified. Yeah, yeah, they kind of gloss over the, uh, the yeah. unpleasantness. And I mean, I was reading the other night that the original tale was very much more, I guess, sexualized. 
Indeed. <laughs> mm-hmm. So moving on so, from that. Back to the stained glass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Sorry. Uh, I hope there aren't any kids listening. It's all to good. We <laughs> shouldn't hear those things. I don't know. I, I think I think we're good. I mean, most of our audience, I'm sure, is probably in their adultish ages. <laughs> But for the most part, we're going to try to keep, you know, this podcast at the PG you know, level because it's a kid's movie. Um, hopefully, I don't know if any kids would be interested in listening to it because it's a bunch of people talking about a movie instead of watching the movie. Um, but also, we like we like good, clean fun. So getting back to the stained glass, <laughs> I did at least uh, feel a little better that the, in the image where she's actually cursing him, uh, if you look at her face, she looks like she's sad to do it. Right. Like, you know, I wish I didn't have to do this, but I'm cursing you and hundreds of other people with you to a fate that might never end. <laughs> right. <laughs> so not that sad, but she looks a little sad that she's she's doing that. <laughs> oh man. Um and then we you you kind of mentioned this this uh one of the next frames in the stained glass series um a few minutes ago, but this is where you have the lightning and like fire and brimstone oh, coming down. Yeah. As the castle, I guess, area is transformed. And I'd never really noticed that before. I just, you know, I saw like the, the rain and the sun, but it's actually like fire, you know, coming down. Yeah. And like the trees. Balls of fire. Yeah, the trees are all like burnt and, and look nasty. And there's actually like a crater. So my question was like, it has it on the left and the right side. The left side is, you know, the happy sunny village with fields and stuff. And the right side is just like craters and mountain. Like, did she actually destroy the village? Like a village that was near the castle and it turned into like this craterous nasty forest? I don't know. That's a good point. Well, I mean, the thing that I thought of when I saw that was the part where later on in the story, Maurice is deciding which path to take. And one side is like sunny and you can hear birds chirping. And the other side is a deep, dark forest with creepy noises and blue mist and stuff. And uh, it kind of was reflected, I think, in this story. And I mean, I don't know how much we want to get into anything about the new movie, which I did go see. We Yeah, we should mention it. I have not seen it yet. I'm kind of still on the edge if I should see it or not, because I really hated the, the trailers. I know, the trailers were awful. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Emma Watson. I heard the, the horrible French accent, and I was like, uh, well, that's one thing that really bugs me about movies. If you're going to do a movie, if you're going to set it somewhere, then either have them just speak normal English, because it's probably made in the U.S., and you're probably going to get, you know, normal. So for this one was made in Europe. It was made in England. But did... Wh- At least everybody did have the same... How are the same... accents? How are the accents? Well, <laughs> the accents were... Mostly good. Well, we're we're not talking about it. Anyway, <laughs> let's refocus. The reason I brought this up is because it's very interesting because in the new version, when the castle is cursed, everything around it becomes winter. So as you like go through the forest, you go from walking in like summer and then you cross over into winter and everything in the forest sur- immediately surrounding the castle is winter dead, if that makes sense. So it's like a perpetual winter curse? Kind of. Hmm. So anyway, I thought that might be kind of related to maybe everything died, except for then that's not because in the movie later on of this version, they have spring. So (laughs) never mind. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Okay, so, so moving on, we get the first actual 
animated look at the beast in this minute. And the very first thing we see of him is the the portrait that he's going to slash with his claws. So I'm looking at this and he doesn't look like an 11 year old. No, he doesn't. Which you talked about his age last <laughs> he time. He doesn't at all. He looks like he's like maybe he's like 16 or something. Right, right. And the, the coat he's wearing looks kind of like a military coat. So again, that could just be because they, they try to make him look older and stronger than he was at the time the portrait was made. But there's some inconsistency there. Yeah, there's a little inconsistency there. Well, and also, I mean, because everything in the way he looks indicates that he's not 11 years old. Right. So, I don't know. I'm I'm willing to keep my suspension of disbelief and just let it slide. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it was like when they were cursed, their time changed. Like, it's been 10 years, but they didn't age or something. Hmm. Maybe. I've had, I've had questions about that, too, because, I mean, we'll get into it later, but some of the other servants... Except for maybe the prince aged, but nobody else did? I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's something weird going have, on there. I don't know. That's weird. I don't know. I think it might have just been something that they didn't catch when they were making the movie. Yeah, they're like, okay, we're just going to do the story and not worry about the details, because no one's ever going to analyze it this intensely. <laughs> Little did they know, <laughs> we would. <laughs> so um, as we're going through, I mean, we're just starting to see hints of it now, but I like the castle, the artwork on it, the the motifs and stuff. You see a lot of like creepy images, like I'm specifically <laughs> looking at where the beast is hiding his face in this minute. If you look in the background, there's like this face that's like got its mouth open. It looks kind of like it's doing like a scream, like built into the wall. And then the... <laughs> Okay, I noticed. Did you notice the stand that the rose is sitting on? I was just going to mention that. <laughs> I was like, what in the world is going on? And the interesting thing is, at the end of the movie, some of the like the gargoyles uh-huh. that are outside the castle change back into these like angel kind of David figures or whatever. Right. But that thing doesn't change. Uh, I don't know if that means anything, but, but I don't know who does either. <laughs> but I just thought it was interesting that everything else that was kind of creepy changed to not creepy, but that thing didn't. Huh? I was just gonna say, you know, it's got the if if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, the pedestal that the rose is standing on, you know, it's got the the tabletop on it, but then the stand instead of just being a normal stand, it's got. Like it's being held up by these people that are holding it on their shoulders that are, you know, part of the stand. And so it's kind of like crushing them with they the weight like of it. They look like they're being crushed to me. They look like they're screaming. Yeah. So it reminds me a lot of, kind of, of the pillars you'll see in a lot of movies where they're being held up by someone. So the pillars made out of a, an image of something right. holding it up and it's crushing them. Um, so he's being crushed by this curse that's, you know, supposed to be helping him transform. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Look at that. Look at that. Um, I want to talk for a second about like when he hides his face like his hands are huge first of all (laughs) and they cover like his whole face which my hands are not big enough to do that so um i thought that was interesting but also i thought it was uh, very revealing about how he feels about himself because nobody's there nobody's looking at him not even his servants are in that room when he hides his face it's just him. And yet he's still like hiding his face and like tortured and 
Um, it just is so sad. Well, and we kind of get the the idea from the pictures that we've seen before um, and just kind of the general feel from him that he was probably a pretty vain guy. I mean, he was always dressed up and his he's dressed to right. the nines and he has that picture of just his face and that's what he destroys because you know that's who he was he identified himself with what he had and how he looked and his position and now kind of all of that's gone he's still i guess technically the king but he's a monster and so he's he's ashamed of that even to himself right right yeah so um moving on to the mirror did you have anything you want to say about the mirror um yes so I was thinking about this mirror and I was wondering, okay, so is this because the Enchantress, well, I guess it doesn't identify where he gets the mirror in the movie. Right. But in that original first draft, it says that she gives him the mirror. So and I always kind of assumed that she had given him the mirror when I was watching it as a kid. So assuming she gave him the mirror, why did she do that? And was it kind of her to give this to him or was it cruel well do you know what i mean yeah yeah i definitely get that and i guess i kind of see it like as a tool that he has to use Mm. to i guess find somebody i mean that's his his tender (laughs) because he's not gonna (laughs) leave the castle and Uh, that's a question i had because it says that the mirror is the only the only window he has to the outside world. Right. And so the question is like, is he cursed to stay in the castle? Can he not go outside? Or is he just scared of people killing him if he goes outside and realizes nobody's going to talk to him and they're going to run away screaming? Right. So, you know, why is this the only window that he has? Is it because of his shame and fear or because he's actually cursed that he cannot leave the castle grounds? Well, I mean, oh, castle grounds. I was going to say, I mean, he goes outside. He even goes into the forest. That's true. Um, But it's the creepy forest. So maybe that's where the village was. (laughs) This is true. It's the creepy forest with the wolves. Are Um, the wolves villagers that lived in the village? (gasps) What? Oh. Oh, my gosh. I guess there aren't really a lot of animals that are uh, that were people. It's I think objects, they're probably mostly. just wolves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, with how much he seems to like loathe himself for what he's become, I would think he would not. He would be terrified to go among people because the people would be terrified of him. I mean, you can't just go walk outside and be the same person that you were before. People were going to run screaming or try and kill him, which is a very real thing for him, as we find out. So, I don't know. I think it depends on how you look at it, I guess. Definitely. I think it's probably kind. Alrighty then. Well... If, if you're listening out there, let us know <laughs> so what you think, cruel. if it's cruel or kind, because uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of torn between it because, yeah, it's like kind of like, hey, you can never be part of this world because you're cursed. But then it's also something that he does use later. So cursed or no, cruel or, or kind. That's the question of the yeah. day. <laughs> And I think that pretty much wraps up what I have for the minute. I mean, we learn here that he's got till he's 21 to to find someone to love and to love him in return. I think they talk about that this minute. And then we kind of zoom out away from the castle. So we're starting to, to leave the castle. Can we pa- can we talk about the rose really yes. quick? Well, yes, that's not important. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just want to point out um, it's floating. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's a tiny little thing, but... I I have never really completely understood why it's a floating rose. Because I mean, I it's know magic. it's enchanted, but I just think that's 
cool. That in weird. itself is a kindness from the enchantress. Because think of if he had to have somebody come in and change the water for that rose like every day. <laughs> yeah, it's never going to die. So you just have to keep it constantly alive. Or even worse, if he had to keep it alive before his 21st birthday when it would die anyway. Like you have to water this thing or it's going to die earlier. <laughs> So, well, I mean, you could have put it in a vase that didn't have water I if it didn't so. need water. If it, I don't know. Floating makes it awesome and it, it makes it It does clean. make it awesome. It makes it way more cool. Yeah. And then it's got like this bell shaped. Yeah. I always thought that thing would break so easily, especially. Well, we'll get to that later on. But <laughs> well, because he's like always tearing around. If you look at like the the drapes that are in the room, even at that point, like. I mean, I'm assuming when we see him in this minute, it's not long after he's been transformed. Right. And his room already is in tatters, which he must have just had no other way to take out his aggression. Well, he's an 11-year-old kid turned into like a hulking monster. (laughs) Right. Where did he get his cape? 11-year-old kid. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. About the cape. I was watching some videos of the animators talking about animating the beast and it was really fun watching them like they had a cape and they would do this stuff and see how it moved and it was really fun watching them kind of do this jump in and like swirl it around like you see the beast do in the movie. We'll have to post that on our Facebook page because it was pretty cool. (laughs) Anyway, that's all I had. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I think the last... Yeah, the the last note I have for this minute is just that as we're zooming out from the castle, we see some really intense mountains behind the castle. And so I'm going to kind of add that to my list of geographical requirements to figure out where this actually happened. Because I don't know much about France, but if there are mountains there, this had to be near them. Mm. So that's all I've got. What about you? That's pretty much it for me. Okay, so come back tomorrow where we will start talking about minute three of Beauty and the Beast. If you have any questions or comments or anything uh, you found interesting that we didn't talk about make sure to head over to our facebook page you can find that at beastly minute on facebook or send us a tweet on twitter at beastly minute or as always you can go to growlermedia.com slash beastly minute to get a hold of us uh janae how can people find you you can find me on facebook at jh voiceover there will be lots of links to audio that i've done that's on youtube and yeah so until tomorrow We will see you. And if you're looking for more movies to listen to a movie podcast about, go to moviesbyminute.com where they have a huge list of ever-growing movies that you can enjoy in-depth discussion about. So we will see you tomorrow. Happy Tuesday. Our theme music is by Duo Hansen. 